Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, dear Father God, we just thank you for this morning. Uh, we thank you for the opportunity to to share your word, to to show your light, uh, to be your guide, and and in some way, shape, or form, that the Holy Spirit just speak through us in this in this afternoon, in this in this opportunity to to be your words, and to to show the world in in some small way, shape, or form in this community that this community shows the world your way. And uh, we lift all this up in your loving name. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. I'm your host, Todd Citron. I'm awesomely super excited today to have uh, a, a great couple today, really a mold of uh, Mary and Joseph. Uh, I know that's putting a lot of pressure on you two guys. But uh, Christy and Shane Savoy, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you. For We're going to dedicate this show to uh, mainly to Christy, and uh, Shane's going to help me grill her, and uh, we'll find out all kind of things that she doesn't want to admit on, on, on the air. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, Christy, tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. My name is Christy Savoy, and I was actually born and raised in a very small town on a farm in Arkansas, Bigelow, Arkansas, to be exact. Number six out of seven kids. My parents both very devout Catholics, which is hard to find in central Arkansas, but we grew up in the church, and they just instilled a great foundation for the faith in me, and even though i strayed from that from time to time that foundation was always there i think that's one of the reasons i really like jesus parable about the the sand and the rock foundation because the storms definitely came and i was you know the reason behind some of those storms but my foundation was on rock and so even though things got a little shifty um and and stormy at times i always knew what my foundation was and so Going to college, went to Arkansas Tech University in Russellville, Arkansas, and I met two interesting, crazy Cajuns from mm-hmm. Lafayette, Louisiana that were playing football there, um, Lance Strother and Shane Savoy. And Shane and I actually met freshman orientation day. I was a freshman, he was a senior, and he was manning the Catholic Center booth right. at freshman orientation. And so I was like, oh, okay, you know, he's kind of cute. Football player, Catholic, you know, maybe maybe check, check. interest, right? Uh, but I did not go to college looking for a husband at all. That was not on my radar. Um, and then the very first activity night, the Monday night at the Catholic Center, I went, and I'm a pretty independent person, so we were going to go bowling, so I was just going to drive myself. I didn't know anyone. And he hopped in my car with me. It's like, oh, Okay, well, I guess you're going to ride to the bowling alley with me. <laughs> um, I have to know what kind of car you were driving. It was a little red Corsica. That actually was a great upgrade from my old hoopty Impala that I was driving <laughs> in high school. Um, but so then that kind of started our relationship. And our first official date, though, he had called and left a message on my dorm answering machine to come to a pep rally that night. And again, I really didn't know anyone that I um, had gone to college with. I, I was just meeting everyone new. But I went. I went to the pep rally. I sat in the, the bleachers kind of by myself, 
trying to figure out what was going on. And then afterwards, we went to Perkins Family Restaurant, which was in a 24-hour truck stop gas station. Wasn't a lot to do in Russell. <laughs> no, <laughs> not a lot to do. And we sat there until the wee hours in the morning just talking. And for me, that was the first time that I really, really met someone who was on fire for Christ and their faith, but also fun and real. And it just kind of opened my eyes. And I would say that's what really sparked the fire in my heart. To Do really you think that I would ask you this, like, I mean, a lot of young couples out here hear these Cajun love stories and they all want to be like that and, and have it something happen like that. But I guess the question for me would be, did you, had you prayed to meet someone like Shane or had you thought much about it, what that would look like? Or you said you really weren't looking. I really wasn't. And I wish I had been, you know, yeah. because it might have come a little easier because I still resisted. Like I, yeah. I still wasn't in it for you know marriage you know just thinking that this could be a fun relationship but i mean here we sit 20 years later together and it just really yeah it it just sparked something in me and that is something i tell girls now whether it's in school and i'll kind of get to what i do now but pray for your future spouse yes pray for your future spouse because they are struggling and satan is trying to keep you apart and so if you're praying for him and he's praying for you, then man, the power that that brings. It just, I kind of have this visual of like man and wife with their shield, you know, like they're the armor for each other, protecting against Satan's attacks. No doubt. So come on, Shane. Uh, what, what was that first meeting like for you? Because <laughs> I have to tell you, y'all know my story a little bit. I've shared on the radio, but when I, and I shared this this morning, I was 16 years old. I was on the beach in Pensacola, Florida, and I took one look at, at Jill when we met, and I said, I'm going to marry that girl. That's how it happened for me. We were both from Lafayette, and we didn't know each other. We met on the beach wow. in Florida. But, uh, and it doesn't always happen that way. Probably not normal, but what, what, was, what was it like? Definitely a lot of unique, uh, unique things that... Um, I can just remember seeing her the first time uh, wearing plaid. That was her, I think that's traditional <laughs> uniform for farmer's daughters. Um, <laughs> just kind of the same thing, was just doing college and, and enjoying, enjoying what I was working at the church, the local Catholic church, and I was also playing football. So I was just busy, but it seemed like a unique opportunity. She was a new face in the Catholic Center, and you know we were talking about it earlier. There's not a lot of Catholics in Arkansas. Right. I didn't know there was any. <laughs> there wasn't a whole lot coming to the Catholic Center, uh, so you know there was an opportunity to meet someone new. And then after that night, there was just a lot of you know commonalities between the two of us, and the and the talk was easy. It, you know, it wasn't laborsome to have to be able to have a conversation, and mm-hmm. and it just kind of grew from there. I don't know if immediately that night i knew she was going to be the one i married but i knew there was something special enough that i wanted to find out mm-hmm. you know so it was definitely worth uh okay, i'm going to put you on the spot what was the date of that meeting oh <laughs> uh, we don't know they don't know yeah they look at me with really you know. year it was 1999 <laughs> early no not early august late august <laughs> I'll share something very romantic with y'all. And that's interesting because Jill and I started met the night we met. Well, we started dating uh, after we met on the beach, but it was August 20th, 1982. And that is like, I consider that our real anniversary, you yeah. know, more so than our other anniversary. And uh, so I don't know, I'm all romantic like that. But August, yeah, there you go. August that's is awesome. the month. It's a special so, you know, month. August-ish. Yeah. Yeah, right. Good, good. good. All right, Shane, jump in here and ask uh, Christy some questions with me. You know, like, I think Maybe the, a question. Go ahead. One of the most unique things, and this is one of the things that helped 
it didn't help. I mean, I just fell in love with her family, uh, her father, her mother, devout Catholics in a, in a state where it's not really popular. It's mm-hmm. just not one of the more mainstream uh, versions of Christianity, uh, but a small little community, an old German settlement. Uh, I think the land was originally given by the railroad, and a number of Germans moved in, and, and they had a Catholic church, and her family has been part of that church since its very beginning. You know, wow. so just uh, speaking about her father and her mother's involvement in the church, and and just her family's involvement in the church, I thought was unique, and that's one of the things I found very unique about her family. Mm-hmm. Your maiden name? Newt. N U T T. German. My dad is. It, it, my dad <laughs> is um, German, and my mom's from. Well, my, her parents are from Croatia. Oh wow! So yeah, I married so. a German too. Jill, Jill was a Shake Snyder. Mm-hmm. Uh, got a lot in common. So, so yeah. tell me what your spiritual life looked like in high school, uh, and also maybe who in your family really was the, was the, was the rock that, that spirituality that, that brought you along. Okay, in high school, it was kind of um, I'm I'm kind of a I, I'm all in <laughs> kind of yeah. person, you know. And so, but really, it was all in for school and sports. And so, I played basketball, played softball, I was valedictorian, like. Those were the things I was all in on. My faith was just kind of what I did on Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm. Very small town, so we had one mass, 8 a.m. on Sunday. So it was just kind of, that was my commitment. I checked the box on Sunday and then went through my week. But it's crazy how I never, I never faltered in my faith. Even though I may have detoured a little bit at times with my decisions, my faith and my trust in God and my belief in God never faltered. And really, I think it is my dad. My dad, we all laugh because we say out of the seven of us, I'm a dad's favorite, but um, <laughs> which I am. But um, he's just, he, he is a quiet, gentle rock. He is a German farmer. He is stubborn. He never gives up. But he will serve anyone before himself. Mm-hmm. His heart of service just I think struck me and that's probably what molded me the most is his servant heart Mm -hmm. and just putting people before him just as Jesus did you know to go out and and seek others he's the type of man who will still stop and help someone on the side of the road you know just helping and serving and serving in a loving way is really probably my biggest Biggest so tell me, do up. you know where his faith came from? You think? Do you know your grandparents? Or? Well, my grand, his mom passed away when he was four, and then his dad passed away when I was seven. Mm-hmm. So I really didn't know my grandparents growing up. My mom's parents, they lived in Oregon, and so I would see them here and there. Her mom did move to Arkansas with us, moved in with us after her dad passed away. Mm-hmm. And she was a hot mess. Um, just <laughs> hilarious. Her first meeting of Shane, we went and picked her up at my aunt's house. And she, we passed a pond. And she said, oh, that'd be a good skinny dipping pond. <laughs> <laughs> so she was, you know, just full of spirit. But, um, you know, I really don't know. That's a good question. Um, I really think his, though, probably came from his older sister, Claire. Yeah. So my Aunt Claire, she married late in life. She never had kids. But she gave her life. She pretty much raised my dad and her young, other younger siblings after their mom passed away. She, bought, she saved up and bought them Christmas presents. 
and she spent her life working at an orphanage and helping at a convent in Little Rock, Arkansas. And she just, man, when I think of Mother Teresa, really, like just that, I don't care about me, I'm just going to serve everyone around me type of heart. Um, I really think that's probably where his mm-hmm. came from. So what, I'm going to ask one more question. I'm going to let Shane jump in here. But uh, so what, what was your first introduction to Lafayette and, 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 and how was that? You know, what did you think of the people here? So we were very happily um, in our first couple of years of marriage. We had just bought a house in northwest Arkansas. And Shane, being here from here and an alumni of St. Thomas More, gets a call from our buddy Lance Strother and says, hey, there's another opening at STM. You should apply. And so this was, I do remember this date, this was July 16th <laughs> um, because we had just bought a house in February. I had just finished my first year of teaching. And then we get this call July 16th. And so we drove here. That was my first time to be in Lafayette. He showed me STM, showed me around Lafayette. We drove around and I was just like, okay. I, I don't know why I'm so open, but okay, I'm open. I'm game. Something feels right. I ended up getting a job teaching second grade at St. Cecilia in Broussard. Um, just fell in love with the school there and just the the family feel. And so it, it was just easy. Yeah. And now we've been here going on 17 years. We have four children here. This is home. Yeah. You know, it's always good to go back to Arkansas and see my parents and my family and and spend some time but it's okay but it's time to go home Mm -hmm. this is home that there is no other place like Acadiana love that yeah I would say that uh when we first came here uh, it was a five-year plan we were going back Mm -hmm. to Arkansas I was coming here to to learn under coach Hightower and and see what he does and then take it back to Arkansas because our our plan was to never really stay and probably five to ten years into that uh, I think Christie's whole mentality switched to, you know, you got to sell me on why we would go somewhere else. And, and I would just tell you to, you know, ask you to expound upon that. You know, what has changed in your heart? What is so unique about this community um, that has changed your heart to one of that this became home? I think it's relationships. It, I'm a big relationship person, community person, and just the relationships that we have built here, and not just relationships, but relationships with people who have the same beliefs the same values the same expectations the same goals and dreams the group of friends that we have who are strong and convicted in their catholic faith it is amazing it makes life so much more joyful and so much more fulfilling to have friends in your circle, people on your corner, in your corner, on your team, that are pulling for your soul. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're there to to really help you get to heaven. And that's something I've never really had before. I've always had friends, but never had friends whose goal is to help me get to heaven. And that should be our goal as friends, not just as husband and wife, but to our friends too. And so I think that's really been the big thing that has, has made this home for me. And that trickles down to our kids. For our kids to be around adults and other peers for them who have those beliefs too. Mm -hmm. 
I was one of two Catholics in my class in school. So it was hard. Even though I had friends who were Christians, they weren't Catholic. And so for my, my kids to have friends who believe the same things, they, they look at the Eucharist and they don't see bread. They see Jesus Christ. That's powerful for our Very kids. Powerful. And so I really think it's, it's that and just the joy that comes from that and that's something i'm very passionate about the difference between joy and happiness how your your happiness is dependent on your happenings the things happening around you the people around you whereas your joy is this gift that god just has instilled inside us and that's what acadiana has done for us through his people they have awakened that joy within me it's beautiful you're listening to Cajun Catholics. Uh, today's guests are Christy and Shane Savoie from Broussard, originally by way of Arkansas, <laughs> a little bitty town. Uh, and uh, we're enjoying her testimony today. And uh, so, Christy, um, I guess the thing I want to ask, too, I, I've, been, I've had some nudges and pointers by some of y'all's friends who are relatives of mine. And uh, they said, you've got some pretty good stories to tell. You're a good storyteller. And uh, one in particular, they said, don't don't let her get off the show without telling the story about the Pieta with your children. Oh, yes, yes. yes. Okay, so I spoke about my children. Um, Elijah's 15, Emma is 13, Ella is 9, and we have little Ezekiel, who is 3. Um, he's the best idea I never had. Um, <laughs> we, we thought our family was complete, and God's... God laughed and said, not yet. And so Ezekiel, um, he is a special kid. He just has a, a heart and a joy and a love for people in life. And he understands things so deeply. Well, it was the first mass back in Sacred Heart Church after all the COVID stuff. So not too long ago. And um, we have up in the left front corner of Sacred Heart, we have Mary holding Jesus' body, just taken down from the cross. And so we're up at the front of church. Zeke's getting a little antsy. So I go and I stand by that door, and he sees that statue. And he says, oh, he has bobos. Mm. I said, I know. He said, he's crying. I said, I know. And he said, his mommy's got him. His mommy's holding him. I said, yep. And so he said, I want to touch him. So I walked up, and this is in the middle of Mass. I'm sorry if anybody's listening that we distracted. And so we walked up, and, and he, was, he just kept touching Jesus' feet, like the, the bobos on his feet. And he said, he needs a Band-Aid. You know, and it just, it was such a beautiful moment of compassion. And even at three years old, to understand that Jesus' bobos, you know, that they're for us, that that his mom is holding him and in that moment just seeing Zeke look at that and have that compassion and, and acknowledge that mm-hmm. Jesus' bobos are real. It's so beautiful. I think of the Pieta, uh, I got the good fortune to go to uh, the Vatican and see the Pieta there and um, and then the Pieta in Pius Church, you know, they got the big old Pieta mm-hmm. and I, w- I got to take a picture with my mom before she passed in front of that that statue it was so beautiful <clears throat> and then i have another one this is kind of funny like so i went duck hunting i we hunting gate on i was in the little store in mars and i was trying to find a late christmas gift for my wife <clears throat> and of all places this little grocery store had this little beautiful pieta i mean like what what's it even doing in there <laughs> and i bought it and it ended up next to our bed at home and, I, and before I, I went to bed last night I, I happened to take a little glance at it and 
I could see Jesus's face and I don't know you know it struck me you know I, I, I see it a lot but I don't look at it a lot you know but yeah there are those little bobos mm -hmm. and Brandon's testimony too you know about uh, you know the 13th station of the cross and, and hearing Mary whisper in his ear and say you know you killed my son mm -hmm. you know it's just so powerful I, that's something that's been resting with me so I'm doing the St. Joseph's consecration right now and uh, you know when I, when you speak of your father, I just think of Saint Joseph. I mean, you're, you're describing him, uh, and that's so profound, you know. And I, you got a lot, Shane. Man, that's a lot of pressure. You know, <laughs> oh, yeah. Father-in-law like I'm that. I'm reminded he often knows. of Max's <laughs> yeah. shoes that I will never fill. Yeah, that's rough as the guff, man. Yeah. So uh, anyway, well, tell me what again. A lot of people that are on a wonderful faith journey like you guys. Uh, what is the spiritual exercises that that you to maintain that you know what is what is your go-to is it reading the bible is it the rosary is it what, what's that look like for you you know mine is it's <laughs> kind of not unconventional or non-traditional i guess constant conversation mm -hmm. um i am a crazy busy person and i know that's not a good excuse but two jobs a family lots of active kids you know it's hard for me to to just sit down and devote silent prayer every day even though i know the gift of that now when we're at school i have that opportunity my office literally opens up into the chapel so during the school year i do i, I go into the chapel and sneak away for a few minutes and just give a holy high five that's what i tell our students go five minutes go in the chapel give him a holy high five but the day-to-day -day for me is I see Jesus as my friend and so it is literally constant conversation sometimes out loud which people probably are like who is she talking to but I really am I'm like oh come on really like you want me to do that right now you know uh -huh. it is just it's that simple for me it is just conversation all day long that's awesome all right Shane you're on yeah for me I would say it's uh very similar it's very relational uh, i think for me uh, there's some profound moments in my faith journey but one of them was when uh, god became the son uh, when my my impression or my my expectation of god was the son and that he was seeking a peer relationship with me and i understood relationships i just the struggle with the father was always condemning i always felt like i was never good enough uh, and then the relationship with the son, all of a sudden it became a peer relationship. So having those moments during the day where I'm just talking to Jesus. And, and that's probably the, the formal or the main way that I pray. But with school, it creates an amazing, you know, opportunity for me to have structure. Uh, and, you know, I get to pray with my classes, you know, at the beginning of each class. I get to pray on my way into school. I usually do a rosary on the way to school. I get to pray with the kids. We have mass once a week. So there's, you know, in the absence of school, it has been not a struggle, but yes, a struggle, you know, because mm -hmm. the just the whole schedule has been thrown off probably over the last three, four months. So it's um, there's formal prayer for me, but there's also this, this sense of a strong relationship with a peer friend in Jesus Christ. Now these two are leading our children, and um, and 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 that's such a blessing. Uh, I know they've done some amazing things for my ch for my kids. I can speak on their behalf because they they really are mentors for my children. And um, and and I hear a lot of you hear so much negative about the kids today or this and that. And 
the social media is this and that and you know all the negative there is out in the world but i think i think the youth today is are amazing and i think you guys would share that uh that thought you know but tell me what what is it about the youth and especially in cajun country that that gives you hope it is so refreshing to be with the youth and it's amazing to see how motivated they are to step up i find what happens is a lot of times we don't we as adults don't give them the parameters to do that like we don't think they're capable and so we kind of hold them back but to see them just break free of those parameters and those boundaries and take initiative and so what I do now at St. Cecilia is the director of spiritual formation. So in some schools called a religion administrator. And so I have the great gift of giving our youth those opportunities, especially our older kids. So we started a seventh and eighth grade campus ministry. And instead of our younger grade retreats being led by parents, those seventh and eighth grades kids are leading it. And they get up and they give their testimony and they lead small groups. And it's just incredible to see them lead just when we step back out of the way and see them lead and and that goes back man the flood of 2016 i i don't really know how this happened but i somehow got in charge of the whole stm flood volunteers system um yeah and it was amazing I, the group me has a max of 500 i had to cut off kids from the group me as volunteers and say hey i need y'all to get in teams not everybody can be on the group meet like we maxed it out we couldn't add any more and to see they would text me and say okay miss christy I'm, I'm done at this house where do you mean to go next where do you need me to go next where do you i mean starting at 6 a.m and going until it was dark and they literally could not see anymore like where do you want me to go next they have such a desire and a drive and a motivation to get out there and be the hands and feet of jesus if we just let them, if we get out of their way and let them. And just journeying with, with our youth and um, specifically Jessica and Emily, uh, your daughters, and just my experience with them and their hunger for more. It's so. just a desire, a hunger that can't be satisfied. You know, like just, I want more, I want more, I want more, I want to do more, I want to learn more, I want to feel more, I want to experience more. I want to love more if we just get out of the way. Yeah, empowering the children. You know, mm-hmm. I hear that loud and clear. And, you know, the Catholic schools sometimes get a rap, you know, about being spoiled kids and rich kids, and they do this and they do that. And, you know, uh, but um, it was our, I'm going to say our, because I went to St. Thomas More, our finest moment it, during the floods. I, I got to witness and participate some in that. Just, I don't think Acadiana realizes what that the school did in that time. You're right. It, it was amazing. It, it really was. It was because amazing. just as many kids, there were parents and faculty too mm-hmm. that were on the ground helping, but also at school boxing up lunches. I mean, those kids would text me, "Hey, we need we need 17 lunches at this address." All right, they're there. You know, just mm-hmm. an amazing example. 
Well, that's the just pretty much into the first segment of Christy and Shane Sava. I would uh, challenge our listeners to tune in next week and hear part two. We're going to concentrate a little more on Shane. We're going to let Shane in on the conversation <laughs> a little bit. But uh, thank you all so much for, for doing the show this thank morning. Thank you. Thank you. And, um, you know, again, you can hear the Cajun Catholic show on SoundCloud.com. Uh, if you search Cajun Catholics, all the episodes are there. And again, uh, on 90.5 Catholic Radio. Uh, you've been listening to Cajun Catholics with Shane and Christy Savoy. And uh, as always, we ask you to engage the Cajun Catholic in you. Uh, until next time, uh, God bless you. Amen.